The Washington Commanders are adding a Super Bowl winning offensive tackle to the roster and may have found their new starter at center. And the new league year hasn't even begun yet. That and much more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And I thank you for making us your first listen or view every single day. I am your host, David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. You can find me there or here or on Twitter at dharrison82. Today, we are getting some insight into the new contracts agreed to during legal tampering by Washington on Monday, and we're starting with Super Bowl champion offensive tackle Andrew Wiley, and here to help us get to know him a little bit better is Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs. Joined now on the Locked On Commanders podcast by Ryan Tracy on Twitter at Ryan Tracy. NFL founder of Athletic Matrix, NFL draft analyst, locked on Chiefs host, just a, a very smart human being, football mind all around. Ryan, you were here not that long ago t- telling us about offensive uh, coordinator and now assistant head coach of the Washington Commanders, Eric Bieniemy. Now we're here again, another Kansas City Chief coming over to Washington. Marcus Kemp actually came too. We should probably give Marcus Kemp a little bit of love, but we're here first off to talk about offensive tackle Andrew Wiley agreeing to a contract with the Washington Commanders on the first day of legal tampering. What can you tell us about old Andrew? Well, there's a theme here, right? Uh, there might be more ex-Chiefs coming your way, too. Yeah. And, and I think this is it's a great pickup for a team that I think needs a guy who's going to put his all into it. This is a guy that's been through multiple Super Bowls and mm-hmm. has been both on the top end of it here in, in what was honestly in Kansas City a big redemption story versus the last Super Bowl against the Bucs, where he was attacked relentlessly. This is a guy that's been through a full evolution, came into the league unheralded, worked his way up, started as a guard. He ended up playing, I think it was almost 1,200 snaps in 2020, a lot of it at right guard. He can do it all, and he he ended up landing at the the right tackle spot because of the injury to Lucas Niang. He was not penciled in there. He's the guy who said, you need me to do a job? I'm going to go do this job. And he did up to, and honestly, Surpass my expectations for him. He's a guy that on par, when you look at the two tackle tandems that just won this last Super Bowl, he's right in there with Orlando Brown. The the end results really? in terms of sacks allowed versus pressures allowed was a bit higher percentage, right? But you have to understand that when you look at the interior three of the Kansas City Chiefs, nobody wants to go try to run game in there. Nobody's trying to attack the A-gaps. They're all loading everything up against the right tackle because he's got the smallest name. Andrew Wiley held his own, and yes, well, he did give up a few uh, less pressures, but a few more sacks than Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown's looking to be maybe the top tackle in signing this this yeah. offseason. I know you have the, a similar feeling, but what you're getting is a guy that's going to do what he has to do for this team and his offense. And I think, especially once he clicks with his teammates along the offensive line, I think you're going to mm-hmm. see positive things come for the commanders. Yeah, outstanding. And I, th- I think that's really what this is all about. Like, you know, some people are kind of looking at these pressure numbers and saying, well, this probably isn't a good signing. And I think what, what Commanders fans and what Commanders media, what we all need to remember is that the Washington Commanders were never going to go out there and just, just spend tons of, like the Atlanta Falcons have spent tons of money 
uh, and the new league year hasn't even started yet, and their their checkbook is already crying out for mercy. The Washington Bears are never really going to be in that category. Really, what this is about is developing an offensive line specifically that can come in, compete, put five guys on the field. Andrew Wiley expected to be uh, at least in contention for the starting right tackle job for the Washington Commanders. Comes in as the thirty second paid player as it stands right now and again there are some tackle contracts still coming so we'll see where that number fluctuates but the 32nd overall paid tackle and that's all tackles that's not right tackles that's all tackles uh and we don't even know what the guarantees are just quite yet do you think that's about where andrew wiley should be paid is the 32nd overall tackle in the nfl or do you think the commander's got a bargain or or did they overpay i expected him to be in the top 25 when free agency started here a couple weeks ago and we've been discussing it on the chiefs uh, channel as well because we're trying to get to the point like how can you have the most continuity in Kansas City and he was one of those things it was very borderline if he was mm-hmm. going to get paid in in the 30s or 40s we thought he had a chance to come back to Kansas City getting a bump obviously for a guy his age he's pushing I want to say he's 28 currently he will be 29 in the season so this is his big opportunity to step outside much like the enemy step away from Kansas City get your payday and really forge what is going to be the lasting portion of your legacy. And I think that he did it. I think, honestly, got a bit of a bargain there. There's something to be said, no matter how you feel about personal performance in a five-man line, the guy's got two Super Bowl rings. There's nobody else in that room that's going to be able to have more clout walking in on day one than him. And I think that goes maybe farther than most fans see because it is continuity, it's energy, it's energy in the room. And I think he's a big plus in that area. Yeah, and I would say this too. Like I know, you know, I covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember they they worked that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line in that Super Bowl uh, and put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes because of it. But I also remember the Kansas City Chiefs got rid of a lot of those players. They got rid of a lot of those offensive linemen. They did not get rid of Andrew Wiley. I think that says something about Andrew Wiley. Also, speaking of actions, you know, speaking louder than words sometimes, Andrew Wiley coming to Washington rejoins Eric Bieniemy. Now, Ryan, you know this. Some people threw some shady comments about Eric Bienemy out there while he was uh, potentially looking for a job. Eric Bienemy took the high road, and uh, I, I expect him to do as much, and he did it very well. Andrew Wiley, the second Kansas City Chiefs player we, we talked about already, who's coming over to join their former office coordinator in Washington. What do those actions say about the coach? They say that he understands how he's going to change culture. He understands how he's going to make this offense perform up to his expectations. And, hey, he may be crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's out in public. By the scenes, he's a dog, and he is cussing down who he needs to cuss down. He's going to build up who he needs to build up. That's going to come part and parcel with having guys who've been through it before. And to a man, every player in Kansas City says they love playing for Eric Bieniemy. We can talk about all the other conversation you want. Andrew Wiley's there because he likes playing for Eric Bieniemy. Marcus Kemp is a sneaky one, too, because not only is he going to be a crusher on special teams for you, mm-hmm. he will get out there and play offense and give you some significant catches when you need them. He's been very clutch in what has been limited targets when they needed him to perform. So all this comes back to you've got a couple of pieces here and there that are all feeding into the enemy plan. And while I do expect it to be a little bit different than what we've seen in Kansas City because he needs to put his own stamp on things, there are certain things they're going to run through it, and it is going to be accountability, respectability and effort and i think that is signified by both these players absolutely and look i mean you've got you know the passer right passer pass protector and the playmaker and you now have kansas city chiefs players in the pass protection group and in the playmaker group to help the new passer potentially 
uh, have a better learning curve towards getting on the same page with EB. And I think that's that's very valuable uh, as well. I don't want to undersell that. So, Ryan, I dropped a name on my bonus episode after Taylor Heineke signed with or was reportedly agreed to a contract with the Atlanta Falcons. I dropped a bonus episode, not just about Taylor, but also about potential replacements. Mm-hmm. One of those potential replacements that I listed, I even mentioned in the episode that this one might be a little bit out there. Exclusive rights free agent Shane Bouchelle of the Kansas City Chiefs, backup quarterback. I want to know your thought. Not so much on the so obviously the Kansas City Chiefs would have to waive their rights to him in order for him to freely mm-hmm. negotiate. I imagine we're looking more like a sign and trade, and that's kind of a weird thing in the NFL. It doesn't really happen a whole lot, but I do think that the idea is interesting at all. So just as far as bearing on Shane himself as a quarterback, what do you think of of Shane Michelle, the backup quarterback in Kansas City? Uh, and I don't I don't want your opinion on the trade option that I threw out there because I've already acknowledged that might be a little out there. But just Shane Bouchelle as a quarterback because his name is is coming up on my show, so I'm interested in what your thoughts are. As a quarterback, Shane Bouchelle is a fighter. There, there has been a rotation of third quarterbacks in Kansas City over the last mm-hmm. four seasons, and he's the survivor. He's the guy that came out on top of that heap because he's adaptable. He understands the offense. He's able to learn. Does he have a super powerful arm to replicate Mahomes? No, neither does Chad Henney. And quite yeah. frankly, if it wasn't for the fact that Chad Henney had so much knowledge in the offense and had so much time in the organization, Shane Michelle likely would have been a bit the backup last year. Now, it makes things more difficult for anybody to wrangle him away because right now there is no backup but Shane Michelle in Kansas City. So... Uh, the trade option is going to be, I think, a little bit labored, if anything. Uh, now, the Chiefs are generally going to bring in a veteran to back up Mahomes as well. But that room, they're comfortable with Michelle. That says a lot, too. I think it's going to be a fight to get him out of Kansas City. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But I thought it was an interesting name I wanted to bring up, kind of outside-the-box thinking for my own show. Ryan Tracy, Locked on Chiefs, uh, and so many other things on Twitter. Again, Ryan Tracy, NFL. Make sure you're giving him a follow to keep up with there. I mean, look, the more Chiefs connections we get with the Washington Commanders, the more you're going to want to know what Ryan has to say. Ryan, appreciate you taking your time out of your super busy schedule to sit down with me here on the Lots on Commanders podcast. Thanks for having me, man. And you guys enjoy Edward Wiley and Marcus Kemp. So we've got a Super Bowl winning tackle on the Commanders roster, but Washington may have also gotten its next starting center in Nick Gates. And better yet, they're getting him from a division rival. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and today's episode of locked on commanders is brought to you by FanDuel the final stretch of the NBA season is here and now is a perfect time for you to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes that will be drained in any get any given NBA game. Currently, if you're looking for NFL odds, the, the commanders are plus 6,000 odds to win the next Super Bowl. Those are the worst odds in the entire NFC East. You want to take them, $100 bet. If they make good on that, we'll make you $6,000. If you're looking for more current action, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts using same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba thanks again for making the locked on commanders podcast your first listener for you every 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 single day 
Nick Gates is coming over from the New York Giants, but can he be the next starting center for the Washington Commanders? Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants says that he can, and she's here to tell you why. Join now on Locked On Commander by Patricia Trena on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trena, publisher and writer for GiantsCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. Commanders fans, be very nice. Patricia is a legend, and you will not badmouth her, even though she covers a team that you hate. Uh, out of respect for the show, please do not do it. Nick Gates, Patricia, that's who we're here to talk about. Uh, New York Giants offensive, interior offensive linemen, very familiar, obviously, with the Washington Commanders, now coming to the DMV to be a part of Washington's revamped offensive line. What can you tell us uh, about who Washington is getting? I got to tell you, first off, I find it kind of ironic because Nick Gates against Washington on that FedEx field mm -hmm. suffered that big gruesome leg injury in week two in 2021. And, and uh, you know, here he is. He's going down there. But uh, seriously, Nick Gates, I can't say enough good things about him. He, he, you know, I don't say this very often about any players because, you know, we try to be objective here, but he was by far one of my favorites, just a super nice guy off the field, very gentle, very calm, but on the field, boy, oh boy, do not get in this man's way. He is a, he's just an absolute beast. And yeah. he was a warrior. And I, and I think when you look at what he has gone through, not just the recovery from his injury, but going back to his origins in the NFL, he was undrafted out of the University of Nebraska. He was a, uh, a left tackle, I believe, came to the Giants and he ended up on IR, I want to say because of an arm injury. I think it was an arm injury he had. And uh, he missed his first, his rookie campaign. Then he came back found his way into you know the lineup he got some snaps at guard but all the while we didn't know this except those who, who we told he was learning how to play center so then by his third season he was the starting center and he was doing a pretty good job of it you know um, orchestrated the line beautifully uh showed mobility and pulls and and, and just you know very smart picking up stunts and just keeping everything clean and then the injury happened and it was mm -hmm. a gruesome injury. I think, you know, Washington fans will probably may remember it because it happened, like yeah. I said, on their field. And, uh, you know, Nick underwent multiple surgeries. At one point, it looked like he might not play again. But this guy never gave up. And that's just the type of attitude he has. He's for, he's he's a bulldog. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. He is a bulldog. He is fierce. He will protect his own. And he's smart. He's a hard worker. He's a super nice guy to talk to in the locker room. Very honest, very open. I think Washington fans are going to love him because I know the Giant fans loved him. He was very yeah. fan friendly. And, you know, you guys are getting a really super nice guy. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, there there was a theme on Monday. The Washington Commanders going out there doing doing a couple of things. They got a couple of awesome offensive linemen. They got a linebacker from Seattle. Uh, both the offensive linemen started their NFL careers as undrafted free agents, guys who earn not just their their spot in their careers, but eventually earn starting spots. And then the linebacker, I mean, the you know third round draft pick, so not an undrafted guy, was still kind of unheralded playing behind uh, some very talented linebackers in Seattle before he really got his chance, had to earn every snap that he got. And it seems like that's what the Washington Commanders want. Is they want these guys who are used to pull, pushing boulders uphill, but getting that boulder to the top of the hill. Um, now, you mentioned the center position, and, and I read your, your story on uh, – uh, on Giants country 
about Nick Gates agreeing to terms with the Washington Commanders. And you mentioned that you think he's going to battle for a starting center position. I want to ask you about that because I'm not going to lie. I Before talking to you, and this is why we bring you know, hosts of Locked On Giants and everybody else on the show. I had him penciled in as a potential com- uh, competitor for the left guard spot. So can you talk to me about why you think he's a better fit for Washington in the center position? Yeah, center is actually his best position. You know, once upon a time, that wasn't the case. He was better at guard. And he, he, I remember talking to him a few years ago and I said to him, if you had your druthers, what position would you want to play? And he said, guard, but he's learned to play center and he plays it pretty well. Like I said, he's, he's very smart. He orchestrates things beautifully, you know, with the center position, he doesn't really, you know, have to move around a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's just a sense of calmness, you know, sometimes you get centers that, that get in there and, you know. They just, they're all over the place. And with Gates, that's not the case. And I know that was a position that he really wanted to play. And, you know, having had conversations with him, he did mention to me that, you know, that the center position was discussed, you know, nothing set in stone, obviously for, for, with Washington, but it was discussed. I know that was a position that he wanted to play, that he wants to, he wants to be a starter. And uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, what kind of money he got, but I think it's starter type of money. And uh, I could see him, potentially challenging for that center position, because if I'm not mistaken, Washington has had some injury issues with players at that spot. You know, Nick, of course, is coming off the injury as well. He was on pup for half the season last year, came back. And last year was all about, you know, putting together some film, showing that he could still play and and, and function out there. Now, in in this second year back from his injury, he's going to look to kind of get back to where he was as a player, you know, clean up some of the penalty issues he had. He had four uh, penalties, two of which were accepted last year and just show that, you know, he's mobile when he needs to be and that he can do everything that would potentially be asked of him. Yeah, absolutely. Three-year deal worth up to $18 million gets 8 million guaranteed uh, up front on that. You mentioned, you know, his, his ability at, at the center position, again, going back to your article, I mean, giants country, Make sure you go up there and read up everything that we've we've got here, but a very good pass block uh, percentage. So as as a pass protector in that center position, what do you think is is where his biggest strength is? And then uh, let's look at the flip side of that. Usually we don't talk about what a guy can't do, but when you say this is where his weakness is, where do you see that with Nick Gates? I think the big question mark right now is in his, is the mobility because you know mm-hmm. again he is coming off of that that nasty, uh, broken leg that he had. Um, so he was still kind of working on his mobility, his push at times. I think, you know, last year he probably got away with some holds because he just, Mm -hmm. he got beat and he got away with some holds, um, that weren't called, but, uh, he, he he was aware of it and, and, you know, he, he worked to get better. And the, the, the good thing about Nick Gates is he will always, be working. I mean, there were times when I would be looking for him in the locker room just to say hello. And I would be told, oh, he's in the weight room. And this is when he was on pup. So if he was doing this one, he was on pup. Can you just imagine what he's going to be doing um, now that he's not on pup? But, uh, you know, I think it's all about, like I said, taking that next step again for him. He had to learn how to walk again. He had to learn how to run again. Mm. Um, you know, that was a devastating injury for him. And he has mastered it. He has uh, built up a callus. He's very, you know, uh, very determined. Um, he knows what he wants. and He knows how to go and get it. And he's not afraid to go and get it. Um, I think also, you know, you talk about his strengths. He was a ferocious run blocker. I mean, once he latches onto you, forget it. You're not going anywhere. He's going to push you wherever he wants to. <laughs> um, pass pro, you know, the back pedal's a little, 
you know, was a little choppy, a little shaky for him. But again, mm -hmm. I, I, you got to grade him on a curve because he was just coming back and getting his sea legs back underneath him. And I think, you know, the more reps he gets and the further away he gets from, you know, his last surgery, which I think he had, I want to say uh, mid part, actually at the beginning part of the season, I think he had a clean out or something like that. He's going to get better and better because he's just that type of guy. And I'll tell you what, if anybody gets in the face of his quarterback or any of his teammates, he'll be the first one leading the charge to, to get in the, you know, the, the opponent's face. Yeah. Sounds, sounds a lot like Ryan Jensen, who I get to cover with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I've become a big fan uh, of Ryan uh, beginning able, being able to, to do that. And you know what you always, as a, as a team, you know, when you cover a team that's receiving a player, you're always happy when the other side of the coverage is sad to see that person go. So that's always a good sign for the, for commanders fans, obviously not so good sign for, for you and for giants fans, but we appreciate your time. Patricia Trana on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trana. Uh, look, NFC East fans, you know, you want to be smart about all the NFC East teams and Patricia is, is someone who can make you smarter. Giantscountry.com is where the written work is locked on giants podcast where the audio and video is. So make sure you're following everything that Pat is doing. Patricia, appreciate your time here on Locked On Commanders. My pleasure. Finally, guys, Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks is going to tell us why Cody Barton could be the next Cole Holcomb for the Washington Commanders. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. There's a lot of moves going around. If you like some, if you don't like some, we've all thought we could be good football GMs. And if you thought that you got to give this game a try, but I'm going to warn you, it's not as easy as you might think it could be. When you play ultimate football GM, you control and manage everything about your team as you go through the seasons and try to build your dynasty. The best part is though, you could do it your way. So if you like a three, four base defense and vertical offense, like I do, then go hire the right coaches to run your schemes, but be careful. Not all coaches are built the same. It took me a couple tries to get my 3-4 defensive coordinator nailed down. It might take you a couple tries as well. From there, it's all about building your roster around those coaches and around those schemes to fit the vision, starting with your very first offseason period, and you get the number one pick in the draft. Use it, trade it, however you want to do it. You are in control. Ultimate Football GM is fun, engaging, and updates regularly. Plus, it can be played literally wherever you're at. Wi-Fi, you can play it. Data signal, you can play it. Airplane mode, still, you can play Ultimate Football GM. You've been doing your mock drafts. You've been killing those submissions, so I want to see your football dynasties as well. Let me know who you took first. Let me know who you hired. Let me know what scheme you're running, and let me know if you win a championship so I can steal your secrets in this copycat league. And of course, when you do, make sure you get your free 100% boost because Locked On Commanders listeners you get a 100% free boost when you use the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps in the game store. So make sure you check it out today. To download it, go to ultimate gm.com or simply look it up on your cell phone app store. It's ultimate gm.com. Ultimate football GM starts your dynasty today. negative things to say about linebacker Cody Barton on his way out of Seattle as he gets ready to transition to the Washington Commanders. But Locked On Seahawks host Corbin Smith is here to tell you that those fans, their anger is misplaced, and Washington just got themselves a solid linebacker who should compete for playing time immediately. Joined now here on Locked On Commanders podcast by Corbin K. Smith, host of the amazing Locked On Seahawks podcast, also a reporter for all Seahawks on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, where 
Corbin and I write in the same family of Fan Nation writers. We have the same publishers. We have had the same group chat, the 75-person group text that we are uh, a part of. It, it's a great time. Corbin, uh, haven't seen you. Seen you in, in I mean, well, I want to say I haven't seen you in a while, but really it's only been a little while, right? But in the NFL world, uh, it's been it's been a long, long time. Of course, we're here to talk about Cody Barton, linebacker, formerly, uh, unfortunately, for, for you, right? Because you say that you like him a lot. So, unfortunately, for, for you and for Seahawks fans, uh, Cody Barton, now a former Seattle Seahawks linebacker, coming into Washington on a new deal. So, just right up front, I mean, what are the Washington Commanders getting in Cody Barton? First off, you're getting a very good cover linebacker. And there were some issues early in the season last year. They were running a new defense. They moved to a hybrid 3-4. And the linebackers struggled a little bit in coverage early in the year. But this kid's got a former safety background. And you can see it with how fluid he moves in coverage. Had a couple of interceptions last year. He was in the top five for pro football focus for passer rating against in the last eight games of the season. He also was first in yards allowed per catch. So he is really good at limiting ball carriers once they have the ball in their hands. He had a couple big third down stops on screens. One of them was in the opener, actually, against the Broncos, beating Russell Wilson, stuffed the running back in the backfield, and that led to the missed field goal to end that game. So he came through with some really clutch plays defending screens and improved as a run defender as the season went on. He can have issues at times getting locked up on blocks, but that improved as the season progressed. And last year was his first year as a full-time starter. He was stuck behind Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, and Michael Kendricks for most of his first three years. So finally getting that chance to start last year. Very fluid linebacker, can blitz some. Had a couple sacks last year. He's when he's had opportunities to do that, he has been very effective. So there's a lot to like about him. I will say he's not an all pro, probably not a Pro Bowl caliber player, though with the defensive line Washington has, that will yep. certainly help him. That did not do him any favors last last year. The linebackers in general were not helped out by poor run fits and just poor play by the defensive line for the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of what you just said, our Commanders fans are are very in tune with what Jack Del Rio does on the defensive side of the ball and kind of how that scheme likes to run a base 4-3 defense. So you're talking about being strong in pass coverage. I can tell you right now, when 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 Cole Holcomb went down with his injury last year for Washington, that was something that was sorely missing. And Jamin Davis, some of his some of his knocks have come in pass coverage. I think he's he's stepped up. So that's kind of the next question. You talk about playing behind some of these these really great guys and then not having that defensive line. Uh, in front of him. I mean, I got to be honest, I don't cover the Seahawks, right? But the, the last great defensive lineman I remember playing for the Seahawks was Michael Bennett. And that's 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 been a minute. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I might be missing a guy. I don't want to be disrespectful uh, to any Seahawks greats. But when you we kind of look at like quarterbacks, right? And sometimes linebackers are called like quarterbacks of the defense. I don't think Cody's necessarily going to have the green dot on his helmet, but quarterbacks are impacted by their line. They're impacted by their weapons outside of them. Cody Barton is a linebacker. You just mentioned going to be impacted by the D-line, going to be impacted by the secondary uh, around him. When you look at this obviously improved uh, Washington Commanders defensive line playing in front of him, how much do you think that can help Cody kind of grow into a new role here with the Commanders? Well, first off, being back at a 4-3, hopefully that sets up more opportunities where he's going to be able to just read, react, and get downhill, and he's not having to fend off blocks as much as he did last year. And again, some of that was just simply because the run fits or a real problem moving to a 3-4 defense. And my opinion, based on what I've seen, I don't know that it's all personnel fit, but it just felt like, to an extent, they were trying to fit square pegs into round holes on the mm -hmm. defensive line. It just wasn't working. And 
that impacted the linebackers behind that defensive line because they weren't able to get those free flows downhill. And Martin certainly had his issues getting off blocks. He's got to be better. There were times that he did not take good pursuit angles to the football, but I thought he improved. It was light and day in the second half of the season in that regard. He really turned things on after he picked off Tom Brady in Munich. That game really turned his season around. He could see he was playing faster. And so I thought there was a chance the Seahawks might actually bring him back, especially with not a lot of cap space. But the commanders jumped right in. In a 4-3, I think that he's a really solid fit. And with that defensive line that can keep him clean, he's a really good athlete. He's got good instincts that have really developed as he's earned more playing time. So I think this is an opportunity for him to be a really solid starter in Washington. Again, I don't know that he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, certainly mm-hmm. not an all-pro kind of guy, but I think that he is a solid starter with a lot of the other talent they have on the team. I think he's just going to play better by default, especially with that defensive line in front of him. Yeah, it's real interesting. I mean, you know, still a young guy. I mean, he'll turn 27 during the season, third-round pick out of, out of Utah in 2019. So he's been in the league enough to be called a veteran, I guess, but not enough to be – uh, an old veteran, right? So still a lot of youth in him. It's going to be interesting what the commanders do because Cole Holcomb is coming off of an injury. Uh, he was in a contract year. So it'll be interesting to see if this now negates Cole Holcomb coming back or if they bring him back and basically let these two guys kind of battle it out to play there next to Jamin Davis. You mentioned the safety background. That's really interesting to me. It's interesting to commanders fans because the Washington commanders have really over the last year or so, I wouldn't say so much in 2021, but really in 2022, you saw kind of a a degradation of how valuable the linebacker role is in Jack Del Rio's uh, system. But what they basically did, they turned to the Buffalo nickel. A lot of teams are, are turning to a similar sort of player, you know, a safety linebacker hybrid that drops into the box. So given Cody Barton's uh, uh, background with the, with the safety background there, is, is this a guy that you think can stay on the field, obviously as a starting linebacker, potentially be on the field as that starting linebacker, but then also if they go into kind of that sub package where they want a more rangy, type of hybrid safety linebacker does he still have that ability or is he a little bit more uh uh, pigeonholed into that linebacker role i think he can definitely play in nickel and dime sets especially in a 4-3 defense i think he's more capable of doing that but i'm not gonna just sit here and say that he can be replaced you know that he can replace a safety that runs in the four fours he's not Mm -hmm. he's not quite that kind of athlete but he again he's very fluid in coverage he moves well you can see that safety background. He gets his hands on the football. There were some dropped interceptions last year, but he still picked off two of them. He finds his way to get his hand on the football, and he is usually able to bring down receivers when they get catches in front of him and limits yards after the catch most of the time. He occasionally has a big whiff, but he's generally been a pretty good tackler, and he was much better in the second half of the season last year. So I absolutely think he can play that role with Jordan Brooks in front of him, and they were only playing one linebacker in the field. Barton was Mm -hmm. taken off the field a lot when they were in their nickel and dime sets last year. But that's more of the depth that the Seahawks had at safety than it was necessarily a shot at him. And late Mm -hmm. in the year, he was playing a much larger snap percentage, and he was – taking advantage of those reps and, and seizing them by playing better in all facets of his game. So I still think this is an ascending player. And I think that he got a bad rap from Seahawks fans because a lot of times when defense is really bad, like Seattle's was early last year, he struggled mm-hmm. out of the gate. And I think that he became an easy player for fans to pin as mm-hmm. one of the culprits for that. And that reputation lasted for the rest of the year, even though I thought he played much better in the second half of the season. So I don't think he got the acknowledgement that he necessarily deserved. 
And I think he's a really nice addition for Washington, at least to compete for a starting job, if not be a solid starter for them in that defense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go turn on that Buccaneers game from Munich, Germany, and then kind of go on from there and, and just see what I can point out from speaking of pointing them out on a football field. Uh, you know, fans love training camp. They love coming to training camp when they can. What are they going to see out of Cody Barton on the practice field? Is he, is he a guy that's going to flash? Is he a dancer? Is he a, is he a jokester? Or is he going to be kind of a, of, of a business type of, of guy that you got to kind of point out to, to really spot him on the crowd? You know, he's, he's goofy, but in a different way, he's, he's got that cowboy background being from Utah. And so uh, you'll, you'll hear horse wrangling stories and things like that. So he's a little bit different style guy, especially going to Washington. That's going to be a little bit of a change of scenery for him, but uh, he's, he's a, he's a fun guy. He's not super flashy, but uh, he's always got a smile on his face. And, And like I said, he's, He's an old country boy, so it's a little bit different player, I think, than Washington's probably had at linebacker. <laughs> well, look, if they keep Cole Holcomb, I mean, Cole Holcomb, I, last I checked on his Instagram, he's been, he's been out hunting with, I think, some of his friends and his brothers. So if those two are together, home. you might have so, a very interesting yeah. tandem there. <laughs> yeah. So if, if they keep, if they bring Cole Holcomb back and they have Cody on the roster, those two probably you might want to be put a hunting friends. clause in your contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Corbin K. Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks, reporter for all Seahawks on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Make sure you're giving him a follow. Corbin, thanks for, for dropping by, letting us know everything we need to know about Cody Barton, new Washington Commanders linebacker. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Special shout out to Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs, Patricia Train of Locked On Giants, and Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks for dropping some knowledge on three new commanders to be. We've also got a conversation with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings talking to us about Cam Dantzler, the cornerback that Washington recently picked up on waivers from the Minnesota Vikings. We will have that in a future episode of Locked On Commanders. We're also going to take these offensive line moves and we're going to reshuffle this offensive line, project the starting lineup and see what that looks like in front of potentially, possibly, new starting quarterback Sam Howell. In the meantime, thank you as well for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listen to your first view of the day. For your second, check out Locked On NFL Draft where Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez are giving you in-depth coverage on the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and the hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL team. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to join in on this conversation, drop your comments into the YouTube comment box or hit me up on email at LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or in the DMs on Twitter at LO Commanders or at DHarrison82. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Find me there, here, or on Twitter at DHarrison82. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time right here for another episode of Locked On Commanders.